Good morning, church. It is so good to be with you this morning, uh, praying that you are all well and uh, surviving lockdown. Uh, not going to lie that when we heard that there was another week, uh, I uh, referenced back to Kath's message last week where she said that it's mentioned 365 times in the Bible, fear not for I'm with you. And um, I just, you know, took a deep breath and went, fear not, God is with us. But God, have you ever had to do remote learning before? And, um, you know, I, I didn't express that to Chriselle because I think if I did, she would just be saying, David, you're overdramatic. She's actually been the one that's carried most of the uh, homeschooling load, but praying that you are well. And I'm really excited to be with you online this morning. I was going to do, do this live, but I kind of thought, oh, there's so many unknowns trying to do live stream a sermon from home. Uh, chances are we could have the appearances I'm hungry or I'm bored. They're common um, names that appear in our household. And I know my kids hate it when I say, you know, oh, it's so nice to have you back in our house. I'm hungry or I'm bored. Uh, so I thought I would pre-record the message and we'll come live in the foyer uh, this morning. But, you know, like we've said earlier, we are stoked we're on. And just give me a wave. Let me know what you're watch um, who's watching. And, you know, before I go any further, I'm going to give you some notice. Begin typing away. What is our current series that we we are doing and if there if you've been following us you've been watching uh, what has been uh, I guess a week uh, that has really helped you let us know we want to hear your stories we want to hear your your testimonies uh, has there been a particular message that someone has spoken that has really helped you let us know start commenting now let's begin chatting and I just think you know we we can't do church on person but we're doing church online together, which is pretty amazing. And I'm so thankful for technology. And so let's be talking, let's be encouraging one another. Let's be saying hello to one another as well. And, um, you know, I just, like I said, I'm stoked to be with you. And so our series that we've been doing is drum roll over fear. And I am over fear and I know you are over fear. And I know a lot of people I talk to are over fear. And I just feel like society is um, just gripped with fear at the moment. And I really believe that, you know, our words and the hope that we have because of Jesus, the power of the gospel living inside of me, living inside of you, that there's actually something that we as a church and we as people can begin walking free of fear and actually begin just to be a voice of hope, to be a, a voice of life, to be a voice of light in people's worlds in this season. And, you know, I just know there are, I myself, I was, you know, talking to Giselle, it's been crazy just uh, some of the open doors and some of the conversations I've been able to have with people and just to be a voice of hope, just to be a, a voice that speaks life into people's situations. And guess what? It's not just the me or Chriselle to do, but God has anointed you to do exactly the same. And so please keep your stories coming. Keep your prayer requests coming in because I really believe that we are better together. We're not called to do this season alone, but 
do it together. So our series over fear, um, you know, we've, we've looked at how fear is, I guess, such a dominant word in society at the moment. Last year was isolation and kind of like we're forced back into it. But our word for 2021 uh, was proximity, which means nearness in space, time and relationship. And then just even recently, I just really felt a personal word from the Holy Spirit saying, David, don't give in to fear. Yes, you may run out of toilet paper, which in our household that is to be fearful about. But he, he took me to 2 Timothy and it says, God did not give you what? A spirit of fear, but a power, love and sound mind. And so we launched this series as Groundswell called Over Fear. And we looked at praise over fear. We looked at how David, you know, he praised the name of God and his praise silenced the voice of Goliath, which had an entire nation paralyzed in fear. We looked at um, trust over fear. And we looked at, you know, Solomon, where he says, lean not on your own understanding. Um, no, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I was encouraged by that again, personally, because if I try to lean on David's own, trying to make sense of what's going on now. If I try to lean on my understanding, it doesn't work. If I try to lean on my own understanding for year two math, it is not good. But trust in the Lord your God. And I think what a word for us that in this season, just continue to place our trust in God. Uh, Dean preached a, a great message on truth over fear. And I love your quote, Dean, where you said, fear is a flatmate from hell. He takes up space, doesn't pay rent and <laughs> causes frustration. And um, I thought, you know, wow, what a timely word that um, truth, that there is a truth that we have in God. There is a truth that we have through Jesus. Uh, and then Kath brought an amazing word. She uh, decided to change the topic a little bit. Uh, but she actually preached an amazing message on what should we fear. And she just talks about, you know, fearing God and how, you know, when we actually place our trust, when we actually have relationship with God, that our fear of God, our relationship with God actually overshadows, actually cast out all other fear. And, you know, she made reference to... Um, um, the fear of God is the beginning of, of, of all knowledge. Um, I, I just think, you know, a great message and a timely word. And then we've started unpacking. I've started unpacking uh, 2 Timothy 1. And, and just where Paul says to Timothy, come on, Timothy, stir up, fan into flame the gift that God has given to you. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to jump into that now, jump into that this morning, and let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. And so just again, just a little bit of backstory here. Paul is Timothy's spiritual father. It's his mentor. Uh, Paul, back in Acts 17, uh, visited a church in, in Ephesus, well actually it wasn't a church, he visited a city called Ephesus and we read how he found 12 believers, he began mentoring, began discipling them. Then the very next subheading we read that revival breaks out. How amazing is that title? And my prayer is, you know, when people write the history or people write titles over our region, over our state, hey, over our nation, may, may it read, 
revival breaks out and we read about this city-wide revival and people were bringing magic books, they were bringing idols and burning them and it's estimated that there was seven million dollars worth of goods that were burnt in the public square. And then, um, you know, we fast forward to Timothy and Paul is about to be executed. And here is Timothy. He is in charge. He is a head. Uh, they use the term bishop. He is the bishop of this church in Ephesus. And it is estimated that this church size, ready, a hundred thousand people and that just blows my mind trying to pastor a church of a hundred thousand people and here we have Timothy he's in a situation he'd be feeling overwhelmed um, hearing the stories of those being martyred those being stoned those being crucified um, for not denying their faith uh, we read that there was a riot in Ephesus where they beat Christians they dragged Christians out to be judged and um, here is Paul about to be executed because of his faith. And so here Timothy is reading. Now, you could say to me all that you want. Do not be discouraged. I tell you what, I would be feeling the effects of what is going on. Uh, as a leader, I would be feeling um, I would be feeling troubled. I'd be feeling insecure uh, as a spiritual son, someone that I love, uh, my spirit would be mourning. I'd be in grief that the person I could go to, the person I could get advice from, the person who, who trained me, mentored me, was going to pass on. I would be pretty fearful. I would be pretty discouraged. And here Paul is saying to Timothy, let's read it. He says, I'm writing to encourage you. I'm writing to empower you with courage. And my prayer is that may you be empowered with courage um, over this series and this morning. I'm writing to encourage you to fan into a flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. Let's just pause it there for a sec. And so the other week we looked at how God has given, given us an anointing. God has given you a purpose. God has given you an anointing. And here Paul was saying that, Timothy, don't let the fire. Don't let your passion, don't let your conviction just smolder away. Rather, fan into flame, or the literal translation for this term is excite the gift. Excite the gift that God has placed. If you're watching now with somebody, I want you to give them a semi, a semi shake, um, or maybe not, that's a bit violent. Maybe just turn to them with a crazy look in your eyes and say, excite the gift. Come on, this is a season to excite the gift that God has given to you. It's not a season to let our call, to let our purpose, to let our dreams or the vision that God has given you to be smoldering. And the thing I love about this, um, you know, being out in the fire season, as you guys know, I'm a fiery um, and even just having my own fire at home, you get to a point where the fire becomes smoldering. It becomes nothing but hot coals. And the thing I love about that is, one, there is still heat. But all it needs is, one, it needs a little bit more fuel. And then as soon as you put the fuel in and you open up that door and inject the air, what happens? The fuel heats up. Um, you know, a term we use is ignition temperature. It gets to ignition temperature and then catches a light. And then all of a sudden you've gone from smoldering coals 
putting out minimal warmth and minimal heat to a raging fire which then generates warmth for the entire house. And I wanna encourage you in that, that you may feel like your fire is smoldering. You may feel like the anointing that God has given to you is nothing but smoldering coals. But let, I wanna encourage you, all it takes is a little bit of fuel. Come on, get, get into the Word of God. Start praying, start worshiping, start journaling. Needs a little bit of, bit of breath, the Holy Spirit, to actually breathe fresh life. And I want to encourage you, come on church, groundswell, let's stir the anointing, let's stir the gift, the grace, the purpose in your life. And then he goes on to say in verse 7, sorry, I was nearly preaching that message again. For God, say that with me, for God will never give you the spirit of fear. Let's pause it there. And the Greek word for fear here used, and it's one of the only terms that the, uh, one of the only times that this particular Greek word for fear is used in the New Testament, and it's delilia, and it actually means for God did not give you a spirit of timidity or cowardness. That's what it literally translates as timidity and cowardness. And so here Paul is saying, "Come on, Timothy, one, stir the anointing, fan into flame, rekin, excite." the gift that God has given to you. Get excited about the purposes that God has for you. And for God did not give you a spirit of timidity. So, you know, I think for Paul to write this, I think he was picking up that Timothy was feeling pretty timid. And so Paul was saying, no, God, don't listen to the light of timidity. God did not give you a spirit of timidity. What does timidity do to you? Timidity causes you to back down. Timidity causes you to be self-assured. And if I'm not self-assured or I'm, David is not self-confident, then I'm going to approach something quite timid. I'm going to approach something lacking confidence. And here God is saying, no, timidity is eyes on you, Timothy. Timidity. Timidity is about your own strengths, your own ability, and your own will. Where Paul is saying, no, God did not call you to do that. God wants your eyes, Timothy, on him. God wants you to rely on his power. He wants you to rely on his strength. God does not want you to be timid in this season, but actually to move forward with confidence that God is with you. And I want to encourage you in that this morning as well. God has not given you a spirit of timidity. He has, uh, don't let that be an excuse in your life anymore. You know, there are times where I feel timid. There are times I think I feel underqualified for this. I don't think I can do this. Well, guess what? God has not given me a spirit of timidity, but what has God given us instead? Let's read. God has given you a spirit of, say it with me, power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-control, or other translations literally sound mind, sound thinking. And so here, Timothy, uh, Paul is reminding Timothy that no fear is from God, that fear that paralyzes us, fear that causes us, you know, uh, anxiety spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, it is not from God. But God, in fact, has given you a spirit of power. He's given you a spirit of love and he's given you a spirit of a sound mind. And it's interesting that when you look at love and sound mind, that there are actually uh, gifts from the Holy Spirit found, I think it's in Galatians. And, and, and so God has actually given us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us 
a spirit of power. He gives us spirit of love and a spirit that causes a sound mind. And so this morning, this morning I want to unpack power over fear and I want to unpack love over fear. And my heart and my prayer is that this morning, may you be encouraged. Just like Timothy was encouraging and in, no, just like Paul was encouraging and empower, empowering Timothy in a season that was quite difficult for him. You know, my prayer, prayer this morning is that may the Holy Spirit empower us with courage. May you feel encouraged this morning. May you feel empowered this morning because we have a world that is hurting. We have a world caught up in fear. And I know just even over this week, I have had so many opportunities to be to speak words of hope, to speak words of life. And I could quite easily shrink back to what is going on in my world. But I've excited the gift. I'm excited about what God is doing and the opportunity we have as a church. I'm excited for the opportunity that God has for you and for your family and for those in your world. And so as we excite the anointing that is on our life, I really believe that we are going to be governed not by fear, not by timidity, but may you be clothed afresh with a spirit of power, a spirit of love and a spirit of a sound mind. So power over fear. And I love this one because here what Paul does is he says, fear is powerless. Like fear, it, it should not have a hold of you. And I tell you what, when fear gets you, it, it, it has power. Uh, it, you know, through anxious thoughts, the amount of times I've struggled with, you know, seasons where there's been Anxiety has been very real and I've tossed and I turned and I've prayed, but anxiety still seems to grip my mind and, and fear. And I know for me, it is a real push that actually know this, these anxious thoughts, even the weight, the whatever it is I'm coming, it is not from God. And I need to press and I need to really just hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. I need to talk to the right people that will actually um, not empower the fear in my life, but will actually empower what God is doing in my life and bring some sound wisdom and revelation to what I'm facing. But the first thing Paul does, he says, you know, fear is powerless, but the spirit of God gives you power. And now the Greek word used for power is Dunamis. Now, this is the same Greek word that is found in Acts 1.8 when Jesus says, you know, go and wait for the Holy Spirit. Um, then you will receive power from on high. You will receive dunamis from on high. Now, dunamis is translated as, ready? And I want you to grab hold of this. It is miraculous power. How cool is that? That we will receive a spirit of power, a, spirit, a, a, a dunamis spirit, which is one, it is miraculous power. It is might. And it is strength. So God does not give us a spirit of timidity, but he gives us dunamis. He's miraculous power. He's might and he's strength. As I read this, my mind is blown. And I'm like, wow, how good is God that he's given us the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead, the same spirit that was 
that empowered Christ throughout his ministry, the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ up from the dead, guess what? He is here. He is alive in me. He is alive in you. And that same spirit will actually lift off a spirit of fear, would actually lift off a spirit of timidity, and he gives us God's miraculous power. When I think about God's miraculous power, what is that? Well, that is power that is not based on my strength. That is power that supernaturally and miraculously comes from heaven. It comes from the Holy Spirit. I love the verse where it says, you know, what is impossible for man is possible for God. And it may feel like that there are impossible seizures. You may feel like that you're even in impossible situations or your situation seems absolutely impossible. And, uh, you know, when I think about, you know, physical work or, or, or physical labor, you know, for example, uh, we've just been renovating our laundry and we've been painting and doing a whole heap of renos down in the demountables in Ulladulla. And I want to encourage you, come and have a look once things open up. It's looking great. And, you know, jack, I had to jackhammer out our floor and I'm not a builder and I had no idea. I'm like, how far do I jackhammer? Like, do I jackhammer down to the middle of earth and create my own colony down there? And, and I tell you what, after a couple of days of jackhammering and ripping up tiles and then being down in Oladulla painting, David's power, David's strength was quickly fading. You know, and as I thought about that, when we hit seasons, I think our default is we try to rely on our own strength. Come, confessions of a pastor, uh, confession number 62. David in, at times relies on his own strength, <laughs> his own understanding, and tries to achieve things on his own. Well, when I do that, I fail miserably. And I find that when I do that, I, I can give in to a spirit of timidity. I back down very quickly. But here, Paul is saying, no, Timothy, don't do it in your own strength. Rather, let the dunamis, the miraculous power of God, give you might and give you strength to give you courage and boldness to push through what you are coming up against. And I want to encourage you that when we allow the Holy Spirit to come on us, when we allow the Holy Spirit to breathe upon us afresh, he breathes the miraculous power of God. He renews our strength. He renews our energy. You know, Paul actually, when he... Um, when Paul references the word power, when Paul references the word um, dunamis, he's actually ref referencing supernatural energy. And so here Paul is saying, you know, there is a supernatural energy. There is a supernatural power that God gives us, equips you personally to actually push and break through. He gives you power to, and strength to walk again to get up again. I want to encourage you that in this morning. You may feel like you're down and you're out. You may think, you know, I feel like David. I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. But I'm fearing some evil at the moment. I'm fearing some things at the moment. I want to encourage you. Let the Holy Spirit breathe dunamis over you. Uh, my, my heart and my prayer is may we receive the miraculous power of God to actually walk through, to have the courage to have the boldness to push through whatever it is that we are walking through. May we have the supernatural courage and boldness. If you need to reach out and ask for help, I want to encourage you. 
reach out and ask for help. Don't do this in your own strength. You know, I think about, you know, Paul is here, is calling Timothy out of timidity and to walk hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. And I just think to Joshua, where Joshua, he says, you know, you and his people, go over, go to the promised land. Every place your sole of your feet will touch is a land and a territory I've given you. He caused Joshua to dream. He caused Joshua to see God's realities, God's possibilities, and not the impossibilities that kept the generation before him trapped in the desert. And he references, I think it's like three times, he goes, only be strong and courageous. Be bold, be courageous, for I am with you. Be bold, be courageous, for I am with you. Be bold, be courageous, for I am with you. If you're watching someone now, turn and and say to them, be bold, be courageous, for God is with you. And so I want to encourage you in this season, if you need strength, Isaiah says, those who wait on the Lord will rise up. On their eagle's wings. They will run and they will not grow weary. What does that tell me? That there is a supernatural energy. There is a supernatural grace. There is a dunamis power, a miraculous power for us to run in this season. It says, but those who wait. And so I want to encourage you in this season, create space and time to wait on the Holy Spirit afresh and let him equip you. So the last one I want to hit on now is love over fear. And I think, you know, again, and I always reference to this in weddings, and I think love is a word that can be a bit wishy-washy. You know, I can say, you know, I, 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 and you've heard me say this before, you know, I love God. I love my wife. I love my kids. At the same thing, I really, really love chocolate. And today the ocean was quite flat. I really love diving. I have a lot of fun when I'm out in the ocean. And and I think sometimes the word love can lose its power, lose the oomph, lose the meaning. So, you know, the Greek word used for love here is agape. And there are different words that the Greek use for love. And, you know, English, we've just got one word and we just think that people understand what we're talking about. But the word here is agape. And let's have a look. Agape means unconquerable, undefeatable, always seeks and sees the best in people. It's not based on emotions or feelings or what's in front of you. It's who you are. And that speaks into the very heart and nature of God, that God's love is unconquerable. God's love is undefeatable. Just look at the cross and how Jesus went to the cross. That is an unconquerable, it is um, an unmovable type of love that saw the best in saw the hope in all of humanity. And so here Paul is saying to Timothy that I know, Timothy, come on, I know that you're facing a bit of timidity at the moment. I know that things are pressured. Not only, you know, you're saying goodbye to me, but you know, there would have been a fear in Timothy around people. You know, when I think about it, there would have been a fear of being 
I'm underqualified. I'm too young. His critics at time would have been harsh, would have been intolerable. There was uh, divisions among the Christian, well, you've got to be circumcised. No, you don't. And there were just divisions. Sounds a bit familiar, doesn't it? There, there are divisions at the moment in opinions and, and what's going on. And so there would have been a fear. There would have been a timidity building up in people. But here Paul was reminding Timothy, no, first of all, God has given you a supernatural grace. He's given you a miraculous power that don't bow your knee to fear. And God has also given you agape, a spirit of love, that there is a love that, that you are called to love people, Timothy, despite of the, the fact fractions, despite of, you know, this person's theology and this person's theology. You're, you're called to love, Timothy, rather a person is a Jew, or a Gentile, you need to love Timothy because love will, is what defines you. Love is what defines us. That because, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And whoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting love. Love is what defines God. Love is what caused God to allow Jesus. Love is what, agape love is what took Jesus to the cross. Love. Unconquerable, undefeatable, always seeks and sees the best in people type of love. Love, a love that doesn't have an agenda, but a love that comes simply out of who I am. Now that is challenging because I don't think I always love. I think sometimes I don't always see the best in people or lessons in life have taught me, you know, there are people that will let you down, there are hurt, there, there's pain that at times comes from loving in people. There is disappointment and pain that at times comes from wanting to see the best in people. But here, Paul calls Timothy back into a place of love. Timothy, love. Love. Let your love be unconquerable. Let your love be undefeatable. Choose to love like Jesus loved and see the best in people and not the worst of humanity. And I think about the times. How many times have I let people's opinions or people's criticisms of me actually cause timidity to stir up in my life? And it's actually caused a pain and it's caused at times an anger to people. And so instead of responding out of love, agape love, I respond out of a place of fear and timidity, of indifference. And I just, you know, I really believe that an encouragement from the Holy Spirit to us, to me, to you, is let's let our love be unconquerable. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, people love this, the conversation around vaccines and everyone's got an opinion and like I shared the other week that my eyes are on Jesus, my eyes are on kingdom, my, my, my words, I want my words not to bring fear or to bring anger, I want my words to bring hope, I want my words to be love. So you know I love you regardless of where your opinion, I love you regardless of what you do, what, wherever you are in this season, I choose to love. And I want to encourage you, you know, God has given us a spirit of love. When we walk hand in hand with the Holy Spirit, that there is a love, a supernatural love 
that wells up in us, that actually becomes who we are. You know, John, uh, as I was preparing this, I thought, you know, John, who referenced himself as the beloved disciple, um, you know, often referred to as a favorite of Jesus, the most loved, the beloved of Jesus. He actually has a bit to say on the topic of love. In 1 John 4.18, he says, There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear. I thought, wow, perfect love, agape love, unconquerable, undefeatable, the love that sees the best and the gold in people drives out what? All fear. And I just think, what an opportunity we have in this season for perfect love. You know, may our perfect love drive out all fear. May our love for others drive out fear and actually stop fear from creeping in. May our love for others drive fear out of other people's worlds. And John 13, 35, in the words of Jesus, he says, We are known by his disciples by how? Not by my theology. Not, my, um, not by the things that I do for him. I'm not known as his disciple by the title that I have or um, you know, how many times I preach. I'm actually defined as a disciple of Christ by, ready, my love that I have for others. That is challenging. That to love through indifference, to love through difference of opinions, to actually let my love to be unconquerable, undefeatable, and continue to see the best and the gold and to see hope in people's lives and people's situations and to call that out. You know, I think at times, fear. Fear of rejection, fear of being hurt again, fear of being disappointed again, fear of having a heart trampled over again. We've all been there, we've all been through it will often keep us under a spirit of fear, would keep us in a place of timidity. But if there's no fear in love and we love God, you know, we say we love God and calf hit on it about the power of our words, we confess with our mouth that we love Jesus, but yet we shun others, then, you know, we're not really defined as his disciples. And that's challenging. That's a bit hard. But we're known by his disciples, by the love we have for one another. And I just think, we live in a world, we live in a time that actually needs agape love. It needs a love with substance. It needs a love with actions. It needs a love that is unconquerable. It needs a love that is not defeated and will remain undefeated. The church, once again, needs to be defined and known by the love, by the love that we have for each other. Church, let's not divide in this season, but let's continue to love one another despite our backgrounds, despite where we've been. And then together as a church, let's be ruled by a spirit of love in our response to the world, to our response to people's lives. So God has given us power over fear and he's given us love over fear. And, you know, what we're going to do is I'm just going to close the message here and then we're going to cross back in life and we're just going to pray. For you this morning, we're going to pray that, you know, may God um, remind, may God freshly equip you with a spirit of power and a spirit of love 
Be blessed, church, and we're going to hand it back over now. See ya.